Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm an IVF warrior and infertility advocate using my platform to spread awareness about infertility. And I'm Elizabeth. I'm a certified fertility coach, life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. I'm here to support and serve the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your baby home and everything along the way. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Where we talk about the dreams and dilemmas of life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Today we have Lisa who focuses her yoga on fertility. So Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got started and really what your story is? Sure. So first of all, thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast. I'm so honored to join you here today. It's amazing um, what you're doing. And so just to uh, give you a little bit of context um, about me and my background, I didn't always start with uh, yoga for fertility. It actually kind of branched out to when I was going through my fertility struggles, I started out as a general yoga practitioner. Okay. And it all started when I was practicing yoga, when I was working in a corporate job that I didn't really like, it was Uh actually an escape route. Uh, So my days were like long and intense. And there was this cute little yoga studio outside of corporate headquarters. And I would actually go there right after work. I would like strip out of this like suit and heels and get into my yoga outfit and practice yoga and be with all these great yogis. And after I left the class, I felt so amazingly great. I mean, I was sweating, um, but I felt light and I felt de-stressed And it was just great to be in an amazing community of other people who were like-minded. So, you know, I always was um, a workout enthusiast. I love to run, swim. Growing up, I always had some sort of sports to play. And, you know, working out was like my outlet. But something changed within me when I found the yoga practice. So, you know, at first it started, you know, just practicing once a week. And then it increased because I I loved it so much. And I met so many, you know, amazing people. And they, you know, yoga is a practice of not just the physical workout. Uh, At first, that is what I was exactly drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was like losing weight, you know, so easily. And it wasn't like I was lifting weights and I was like, it was you know, I had to run a couple of miles. It, it just came so easily to me. But then I was just going to say, did you find that the actual poses and things were easy for you to come by? Or was it something that as you practiced, it got easier? Because I know for me, as much as I did it, I still felt like it was not so easy. So I think it either does come easy for some or doesn't. That's an amazing question. It is a challenging, they call it practice, because you know, depending upon what type of yoga you practice, it can get kind of intense. 
You know, there's different types of yoga you can practice, ranging from the physically rigorous Ashtanga Vinyasa to a power flow uh, to a Hatha, which is more basic beginner uh, level practice. And then there's the restorative yin yoga practice. So, you know, obviously I was really, because I have like a type A, very go-getter type of personality, I was drawn to the power yoga workout because I wanted to see immediate results right away. So yeah, uh, you know, just getting back to your question, yeah, some of these poses are really challenging. And so, you know, at first it really pushed me to try to get into you know, certain poses, but then, you know, over time your body opens up and then you still, um, you know, you may or may not be able to, you know, get to the pose, but then the practice teaches you it's about the journey. So even if you don't get into a particular pose, the yoga practice teaches us more about learning to slow down, focus on our breath, And, you know, that came over time. So that's a great reminder to keep, just keep at it and do what you can do. Right. And just take it as your own personal journey. Exactly. So, you know, the practice was always with me, Elizabeth. And like I said, over time, I started uh, to begin to explore different types of yoga and I gravitated towards, you know, different teachers and the practice Uh, taught me about meditation, which at first I cringe because I couldn't sit still. And that is a big component of yoga, just learning to slow down and be with yourself. Uh, Because, you know, at an early stage of the yoga practice, um, it has so much Western influence. And we see these people being so flexible. And that's great and everything, because you're able to stretch the body and de-stress. But the practice teaches us to slow down and really learn to just be still and to focus on our breath. So gradually over time, that did not come naturally for me. It was a struggle. And when I became I guess, more open to it and learning to sit still, I became more grounded and centered. But that, you know, happened over time, like I said, and it was an ongoing practice. And let me tell you, it's it's transformative. The practice has just opened up so many, so many parts of my mind physically and emotionally and just opened up a whole new world for me. So I can say, you know, my yoga practice will always be with me. That's amazing. You're definitely inspiring me to try to get back. And it's interesting now through COVID, right? There's so many studios that are closed, but there's also on the flip side, so many that are now doing them online. And what do you suggest for people that are still in an area where their studios are not open or they're only taking taking limited people? What do you say to them? Like for me, it I'm definitely a person that it's, to go somewhere, to be accountable to somebody in person is much more um, driven. It makes me more driven in that way. Um, What do you suggest for people that are still in that in-between phase of not really able to go back or doing it online or yeah, online? Sure. So it's a great question, especially with, you know, the new norm today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're just starting, you know, it may be, challenging because you're not with, you know, a group of people. And 
the benefit of yoga is that you get to feel their energy when you're in a group class. Right. And when you're with yourself, it's all about you and the teacher. And it's great because you can still sense someone's connection online. You can feel their vibe and their energy. And it may not be as close as, you know, having that togetherness in a group class, but you can still seek out a teacher online and it's still doable. Uh, Like I said, this is the new norm teaching, you know, online via zoom via, um, you know, uh, whatever format, whether you're deciding to, you know, seek a teacher on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you can still gain a lot from getting a class that way. So, you know, I definitely recommend to try different venues. Um, And now, you know, I was fortunate enough to still teach throughout the pandemic, private classes. Yes. And, you know, I, I took all the precautions, I wore the mask, and we distanced. And it was a different dynamic, but it's the new norm. Mm -hmm. You do what you need to do at this point to, to move forward. Exactly. So how did your yoga practice help you with your fertility? And what is your fertility journey that we can share with the world? Yes. So, you know, as a yoga instructor, I really drew upon the fact that I was able to use the yoga practice to help me conceive because I use the breath work, the meditation to help me get grounded during some of the toughest times when I was struggling, uh, when, you know, I was going through, you know, first of all, I'm such a natural girl. I never thought in my world that I would have to go through, you know, these um, protocols to get pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. And it was a very stressful period. I, you know, first went through an IUI and that failed. And then I went through another IUI and that failed um, with the miscarriage. And then I moved on to an IVF uh, and one round of IVF. Luckily I was successful, Um, but yes, thank you. And so I was able to just go through my practice, even when I wasn't able to get into a class, like just sitting in a meditation or learning to use my breath as a tool to calm myself mm-hmm. really helped me to just take a step back to de-stress and to open up my body because there's certain poses where you can bring more oxygen to the pelvis um, and, you know, to, there's certain also, there's also certain poses where you feel a cleanse and you walk out of a yoga session feeling much lighter and you're able to have a better feeling about your body, your mind and your spirit. And I think all of those tools helped me go through the IVF protocols. I'm so, sure. Yes, exactly. And so after I was able to conceive, I kept up with my yoga practice, and I wanted to give back to the community. So it was important for me to share my experience with this amazing community. And I began to 
you know, focus on helping other women and building this community by going to IVF clinics, uh, hosting workshops, because I felt like when I went to the clinics, it was so intense. It was, you know, boom, sit there, wait for your name to be called. And I couldn't even imagine not speaking to another woman about what they were going through. And I really felt like it helped to open me up. Like, Mm -hmm. even though I had great family and friends to share my personal experiences with, I felt like the women that were going through the same things that I was going through, I felt like if we opened up to each other, we could really, you know, love on each other and support each other in the process and help each other along the way. And so I made it my mission after I had my baby. Well, he's no no longer a baby boy, but (laughs) I wanted to just give back and help women through every step of the way. That's amazing. I think having those sorts of tools that, you know, are something physical that they can do that still feels safe is so important. And that was kind of my next question is I know there's some poses that are not, you know, we should not be doing while we are trying to conceive or even when we're menstruating. Right. Um, so obviously we're on a podcast, so we can't visually see what's happening, but can you just name off some of the poses that they can look up that are positive for conception as well as menstruating, as well as the, those that we need to be aware of to not do during those times? Fantastic question. Yes. So some great poses to focus on that I really feel are beneficial um, and also focus on the pelvis is this one pose. It looks like a butterfly. What you do is you bend your knees out to the side and the soles of your feet come together. Now you can stay sitting up or you can lay down on your back And you don't even necessarily need props, but if you do, you can certainly place a pillow, a couch cushion underneath to elevate your hips. So that's a really great pose to focus in the pelvic region to bring more oxygen to that area because that will open up because in yoga, we use the breath as a tool to open up the areas where we feel tight or stress. And that tendency happens in the shoulders and in the hips. So that's a really great pose to focus on. And if I were to pick any one pose, that would be it. So souls of the feet together. And that's, is that called the butterfly pose? It is actually called uh, recline Supta Baddha Konasana, which is a Sanskrit yoga name, okay. which basically is soles of the feet together, knees apart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'll be repeating what you just said in Sanskrit, but, <laughs> but you said it very well. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah. some that we should avoid. So I don't recommend twists, but you know, everybody is built differently. And I've got to be honest with you. When I was practicing, I was doing inversions, which is, you know, contorting the body upside down and leveling your feet up. It depends on each individual and how you feel because you are your best guide. You'll always have a different teacher out there explaining to you what you should and shouldn't do. But honestly, you feel it in your gut. And if it feels right for you to move in a certain way, then do it. And and so that's why I like 
to really emphasize about the yoga practice that it's more about feeling less about getting into the pose. Mm -hmm. Um, At the beginning, it, you know, we tend to feel like, oh, alignment, it's so important and looking a particular way, but no, 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 it's, it's really about how you feel. And, and so that's the greatest benefit of yoga. It brings us more awareness. And so that's, what I can honestly say is one of the best and most um, beneficial parts of the yoga practice is that you just get and you gain more insight each time you practice. Yeah, I can see how that would be. And I know for most doctors, they say to women, especially when they're kind of in that early stage of pregnancy, if you, if it's something that's new to you, really watch out what what you're doing. Right. So if you're never, if you never run and then all of a sudden you're going to go for a run, probably not a good idea, but if you are an avid runner and that's what you do and your body's used to that, then maybe it's fine for you. Exactly. To your point, just listening to your body, whether that's yoga or any type of exercise to say what intuition and your intuitive being inside of you to say, does this feel good for me? Is this safe for my body? And you know, the baby that's growing inside of me, because to your point, we've all seen people that are like lifting weights and doing all kinds of stuff. And they're very pregnant for me in my particular situation. And I always had, um, pretty high risks right, right out the gate. And so I was always told whatever exercise I was doing to stop for the first 12 weeks, and then I could start again, but to do it very slowly, but everybody's doctor recommends something else. And also I think your biggest advocate is your own your own intuition to let you know what to do. Exactly. Listen to yourself. You're your best guide. Yeah. And what about, do you know much about the, the hot yoga for, you know, women that are trying to conceive and or pregnant and how does that, I've, I've heard mixed things about it. What do you know about that? So, you know, it's, there's more gentle forms of yoga that I recommend for women who are, on the path to conceive. Uh, hot yoga is great uh, if you are an experienced practitioner and you have been practicing for a couple of years, because believe it or not, when I was in a hot yoga studio, I saw a woman who was a few months pregnant and showing, and she was there in, you know, a hundred plus degree temperature studio practicing, but, you know, it I'm sure she was under her doctor's care and she was fine about doing it. But I highly recommend at that, at the point where you're trying to conceive or you are already pregnant, something more restorative, like restorative yoga or yin yoga. And are those easy to find too online? And you mentioned YouTube and whatnot. Um, Is that a pretty simple thing to just Google and find something that's going to be helpful for you? Or do you need to be doing like a specific app or following a specific studio? Or what do you recommend? So I recommend when you are practicing like a restorative or a yin yoga, there are so many videos out there online or um, on an app, or maybe you have a, a favorite local yoga studio or teacher that you gravitate towards. I would recommend viewing it. And if it feels right for you, certainly give the class a try. And definitely, again, listen to your body. You don't have to look like the teacher and you don't have to push yourself to get into a particular pose. 
there are modifications and there are ways to make it feel right for you. So definitely I recommend, you know, trying different teachers, different videos, different yoga studios, and just getting a variety in a sense will put you at ease. Uh, so definitely, you know, don't limit yourself and listen to your body again, because you intuitively know what's right. And again, yoga is not about the pose and it's about feeling more, breathing more and thinking less. And tell us a little bit about that breath. Um, I know that that's, as you mentioned a few times, it's so important in yoga. Is it, how sure. do we do that? Is it specific timing that we need to like be counting? Is it more of the sound? Can you teach us a little bit about that, please? Yes, I would love to. And that's an excellent question because when I first started practicing yoga, first of all, I never thought that breath work would be a part of the yoga practice, but it is an essential part of the practice. Yoga is prana and that in Sanskrit means life, breath, and it's our life force. And if you think about it, when you are feeling stressed, your breath is shallow and you're not bringing more oxygen into your lungs and you're limiting your supply. When you're feeling calm and at ease, your body's full of breath. And the nice thing about focusing on our breath, we can calm our nervous system and we can bring ourselves to a place of ease by focusing on the natural breath. So I would start, if you're just starting as a regular practitioner, maybe focusing on a count of three on the inhalations through the nostrils, counting three, two, one, inhale, and then hold. And then when you exhale, maybe soften your jaw, open up your mouth and let that air go on a count of three, two, one. So the idea is not to dump the breath or the air out of your mouth in one shot, because the tendency is on the exhalations to just rush through it. So when we really focus on our breath, we bring not only um, this calm and centeredness into our body, but we get to stay in the present moment, because that's part of the yoga practice. We have a lot of trouble um, staying grounded and the mind is always fluctuating. And so the benefit of the yoga practice is that we're linking the breath to these postures or movements, and it brings us to the present moment. So that's yeah. one of the amazing benefits of the yoga practice. Absolutely. And on a lot of my clients that suffer from anxiety, especially around fertility, the breath work is what we focus on, you know, on a day to day, even if it's just take one minute to sit and focus on your breath. It's amazing. Even I, I was doing the one, two, three in and out as you were talking. And even that just like, huh, made me kind of relax a little bit more, you know, there yeah. it's the breath is a magical tool that we do certainly don't utilize as much as we should and can, because it is something that's so easy. And I think just taking baby steps, you know, even if that means do one pose a day with doing the breath work along that, and then, you know, maybe in three months from now, you're doing two or three poses a day at home. And you'll realize that just that, that little bit of 
you know, focused energy and time will make such a difference in your life. And again, even if it's not the poses and just the breath, it makes such a difference. Exactly. Exactly. And that is key to just centering the mind and the body and just calming the nervous system. Well, even your voice, Lisa, is so calm. I feel like I can imagine being in a yoga class with you. I could just like imagine myself zoning out and (laughs) just being there with you. you So so I'm I'm sure that a lot of people have that same feeling when they are taking classes with you. How do people find you and what, what do you do now? I know you said you wouldn't go into clinics and do workshops and things like that. Um, Tell us more about all those things and where we can find you. Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you again so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so honored. And if anyone is looking to connect with me, you can find me on my website at lisapinedayoga.com. I'm very active on Instagram. I am also on LinkedIn. I also have uh, some YouTube videos up, some basic beginner. Yes, uh, meditation and breathwork sessions. And also I'm on Facebook. And if uh, you're interested, anyone in your community, I do host an annual Costa uh, Costa Rica yoga and surf retreat annually. So the next one is slated for February, 2022. Amazing. Yes. And it's, it's great to just get out there in paradise and surround yourself. Yes. That sounds amazing. Where in Costa Rica? It's in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. Have you been? I have. Yeah. It's been a long time, but I used to do retreats down there all the time. So I highly recommend anything, especially if it's, you know, related to the spiritual aspect as well. I think it's such a great magical place. So is it a week long? Tell us a little bit about that so we can get people. Yes. Yes. So it is uh, under a week long. It's six days and five nights. And this will be my fourth annual Costa Rica yoga and surf retreat. And I host it with this amazing couple, the wife and husband are living in Costa Rica part-time and they live on Long Island, New York, half of the year. So it's great because they're bilingual. He's a personal, uh, excuse me, a professional surfer. So they get a little bit of uh, yoga from me and then they get out into the waves and are able to use that meditation and, and just get into the flow of surfing. Cool. So can anybody go if you like, what if you don't know how to surf? If you don't know how to surf, no problem. Uh, And what about your um, level of yoga? Can anybody? Great question. So level of yoga and no um, is level of yoga. It's an open level yoga session. I offer three uh, classes a day in paradise and no surf experience is necessary. I didn't have any surf experience, but I learned from Hiro, who is the uh, surf professional. So no surf experience is required either. Well, I highly recommend if anybody is able to make the trip down there, it's such a good, a good place to be on so right. many levels and really feels like you're in a and in a, you are in another country, but in just in another level of nature and, you know, the universe really, 
it's so, so healing in so many ways. So I'm so glad that you brought that up, Lisa. I hope that anybody who's listening is able to check that out and go as well as if anyone's in the Long Island area, um, yes. you do, are you doing anything in person as far as yoga classes in person there? That is a wonderful question. So I do host group uh, classes on the beach right after Memorial wow. Day weekend. So we were really fortunate to have a great uh, crowd come out for Sunset Beach Yoga, especially during the pandemic. And we can't wait to host it again as soon Amazing. as the weather gets better. Yes. And awesome. if you're ever in the area, Elizabeth, I'd love to see you in person for a sunset yoga session. Oh, that would be amazing. I would love to, too. Well, thanks again for being here and having spending your time with us today. And we look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Pretty Little Tribe. And if you related to this episode, take a screenshot and hashtag Pretty Little Tribe because we want to see those in our DMs so then we can share them in our story too and give you some love back. Of course, if you have a topic idea or want to be on the podcast, email us at prettylittletribe at gmail.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks again for joining your tribe today and we will see you next time.